going on, family? Get on in here. We're going to have business talking to Benz. I was just getting responsible. Listen, I just Listen. <clears throat> get on in here. Get on in here. Get on in here. <clears throat> get on in here. Get on in here. Listen, listen, listen. Tag somebody. Uh, like what they say? Comment, tag, like, whatever they be saying. They be like, comment, tag, like, and all other stuff. Uh, press the number one if you can hear me clear. Press the number one if you can hear me clear. Press the number one if you can hear me clear. Before I start getting going and getting all passionate and excited, I, I at least want to make sure that you all can hear me. You're registering well. <clears throat> because I want to talk about something that I think will help a lot of us out um, as it pertains to us building sustainable businesses and organizations uh, that we will be able to reap the benefits of long term. I think a lot of us, when we build businesses uh, and get into business endeavors, the only thing that we think about is the active income. And we don't really think about the end result, which is receiving passive income from the very business entity or organization that we created. Um, because there is a saying in the business world that you can't enjoy what you have until you're not doing it and you're just receiving the benefits of it. Uh, a lot of us get so caught up when we build our lifestyle and our life um, and our lives based on the active income with this evergreen anticipation that you're always going to have the energy that you have today for the rest of your life. I froze up. Can you hear me? Can y'all hear me? I froze up. Shoot. Let me know if I'm clear again. Because I want to make sure that you all are getting this. Hopefully I am. Uh, we have to start building businesses and organizations with the exit in mind. Um, what, what do you mean by that? When we raise children, don't we have an exit in our mind? That when we, when we raise children, don't we say when they hit 18 or when they get sustainable or when they are independent, we're going to release them out in the world so that I can be able to enjoy my life. Um, um, when, when we have, uh, you know, when we get in certain scenarios and situations, uh, we always think of the exit plan. I know that I won't always be doing sports or I know that I won't always be singing or I know I won't always be preaching. Well, some preachers get love for basketball. Anyway, um, uh, but the problem when we're building businesses is that we believe that we have to die doing what we created. What does that mean? It means that a lot of us would never get to enjoy the fruits of a sustainable, profitable, righteously built business because we're so caught up in actively having to build it that we don't develop leaders that can replace ourselves. Jake, what do you mean? I mean, when you build a building and you create a building and, you, and you, you're, you're, you're developing a building, uh, when the inspector comes, they ask you, where are the exits? Because based on an emergency or based when it's time to get out, they need to be able to see 
that there are more than one way to exit out of a building in case things get hectic. The problem with us building businesses is that we build these big structures and organizations, but we don't develop exits. And what an exit is, it's your way to be able to enjoy the fruits of what you built. See, it was never my intention building ABS to always be the CEO of this company, though I created it five years ago. It was never my intention building this company to always be at the helm or always be at the seat making all of the active day-to-day decisions because I knew in order for us to grow, I had to build a system to where I can develop leaders and replace myself with people who have the same zeal, newer, newer fresh minds, a newer, a newer focus um, than I would. I, I knew that there would be a time where I would have to replace myself if I wanted the business to sustain itself long term. I wanted to be able to uh, benefit from the fruits of my labor without having to labor over my fruits. And the problem that a lot of us have building these organizations and developing all these things um, is very simple. We get so caught up in wanting to be at the forefront that you don't know when it's your time to leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You're so busy being at the forefront of your organization that you don't know when it's time to leave. Jake, what exactly do you mean? Uh, let me break it down to you. Uh, peace, Daniel. Well, let me break it down to you. Um, um, you remember that fire? You know, when you get your business going and, and you have that fire, you're working every day. You're, you can do 14, 15 hour days. Like you got all of that in you. And then all of a sudden your business starts to get going and you start making a little bit of money and you start to kind of slow down. Those are wanted warning signs to replace yourself because you no longer have that fire or zeal to get the second wind needed to take your company to the next level. So you got to exit out your company. Either you hire leaders or you develop leaders, but you got to go. Because you're going to be the very reason why the very organization that you called your God sin will be the very thing that sends you to your, to your, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's going to send you there. <laughs> That's where it's going to send you. And I see a lot of people building businesses becoming enslaved to the very thing that they were supposed to be set free from because we have this mentality of, of, of stifling growth based on what our needs are. You got to learn how to develop leaders. You got to understand how to develop people that will come after you and allow for them to make mistakes in a safe environment because it'll teach them how to be able to develop that intuition needed to take the company to the next level. Because that zeal that you're losing, somebody else has the zeal that can take it to the next level. But you got to know when to go and when to let go. And there is no time frame. You can't say, I'm going to do 10 or 20 years doing this, and then I'm going to dip. You don't, you, you, if, if you knew your time frame, you would have, <laughs> if any of us knew our time frames, uh, turn on this AC before I get a little too hot up in here, giving y'all this hot fire. It's like being in the NBA, right? 
And the NBA people say, well, I'm, 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 I'm going to get 15 years. I'm going to do 15 years in the, in the league, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this bag, and I'm going to dip. However, life happens. You pick up an injury. You hurt yourself. You tear an ACL. You tear an MCL. Um, your body isn't working like it used to. And you have to, you have to prepare for a shorter or quicker retirement than originally expected. And what, what do the NBA teams do? What do NBA teams do? They replace you with somebody who is younger, has more zeal, has more fire, and is a lot more intuitive. Because why? They're in their bag. They're in their creative space. Well, that's the same thing that you have to do for your organization if you want your organization to survive. You got to learn how to replace yourself. You got to learn how to replace yourself and when to replace yourself to allow for your organization to have the best chance to be able to grow and develop and duplicate long term. So I looked at the NBA. I said, man, how do, how, do, how do basketball teams like the Lakers survive? Basketball teams like the Lakers survive because not only do they know how to attract superior talent, but they have such an environment that superstars want to come and work there. And they pay their superstars what they're worth when it's time. This is why you cannot eat up all of your company's profits when you're in your heyday and you're thriving. You want to know why? Because you need enough cushion to be able to hire somebody who may be a little bit more talented. If they're not as talented, they can still get the job done. And then you need to use that money to be able to pay a CEO or executive to run and grow your company while you sit back and you enjoy all of the festivities and all of the fruits of all your hard labor. The problem with most of our businesses is that most of us don't see that your business can be your very passive income that you hope for if you have developed a business that is not personality driven but is system driven, operational driven, product driven, brand driven, not marketing driven. Brand driven. I see a lot of churches make this mistake. The pastors in the senior pastor seat too long. I see businesses make this mistake. You got a business owner who's making a two hundred and fifty thousand a year and busting a butt. If the business owner only knew that you could pay somebody $100,000 a year to be the CEO of your company, let them earn equity, profit share, which means they get paid on the, the, the company doing well. Now, you're, you're hiring somebody that you know is capable first, that's doing well, that can take your company to the next level, and you can participate not only in your company still growing, but you can still be capturing your $150,000 a year passively, depending upon the compensation package and exit package that you do for yourself. 
You can set yourself up to be bought out your very business. Jake, why would I want somebody to buy out, buy me out? Because when it's time to go, you got to know when to leave. Let's think about this. Say you were making $250,000 for 10 years. That's $2.5 million that you made over 10 years. And then after 10 years, you sell your company, you sell your company to somebody, let's say for $8 million. So not only did you make 2.5 million along the way, you also made $8 million in an exit and you no longer have to have the responsibility of managing operations day to day. You sold your company to somebody who could take it to the next level and you didn't and you didn't um and you didn't put the people at risk who depend on you to be sharp. Who's their their entire livelihood is dependent upon you making the right decision. So when you find yourself losing that zeal, you have to learn how to develop talent or hire talent, develop leaders. Because you got to build with the exit in mind. You are not going to have the energy. I don't know the last thing y'all heard, but I ain't, I ain't really in the mood of repeating either. You said don't be quiet now. I don't, I don't know what that means. Don't be quiet now. What does don't be quiet now mean? Y'all the one who said I was paused. You're gonna say don't be quiet now. I, I feel some type of way for somebody saying that.
Oh, you said I was cutting up, and now y'all can hear me? I don't remember what I was saying, so I'm discouraged now. discouraged What's up? You? Yeah, Todd, what's your question? Yeah. I was saying, what's your number one thing for when we develop in talent? What is my number one thing when we're when developing talent? Yeah. What do you mean? It's something. Like, you was talking about uh, develop a higher leader. Uh-huh. Hello? Yeah, you said, I, I was talking about developing and hiring leaders. What You said, what? what is the, I, I don't understand the question. One of the, development talent. I'm going I'm to exit off. I'm going to take them off and I'm going to bring them back on. Y'all good? Where y'all going now? I'm going to the bank. The bank. I gotta go to the bank first. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't fooling with Connie today. I don't feel like doing no Connie's corner today. All right, so you ready now? I'm going to the bank first. Okay, no. so we're going to meet you at the office. So you got to give me one All right. Okay. All right. All right, now what's up? I was saying, uh, what's the number one thing you would say you need to do when developing the talent? Uh, Sean, he got us reading the book, Scaling Up. It, the first two chapters, I'm already, that thing good. And uh, it was talking about, like, that, that road where you're trying to grow now from, like, one to seven. 
And uh, I was saying, like, what's one of the things you would say as far as you in developing the talent like you would um, do or have done? Uh, the biggest thing, first of all, you got to make sure that the talent that you're trying to develop is capable, meaning mm -hmm. they're willfully wanting to be to developed and they have the capability of being able to grow to the level that you want them to be to grow through your development. So I'll give you an example. If in mind, you're like, man, I want this person to run my company, right? But in their mind, they want to go run their, other co their own company. They may have the potential, but they're not capable of running your company because their attention is not on your company. Their attention is just extracting information from you to go run their own. Or you may find somebody who is really good as a salesperson that you want to run your company, but they're not good at managing people. Well, mm. being a CEO is more about managing people and managing departments than it is sales. So although they may be good at selling for you, they may not be good at managing organizations for you. They're not capable people. Or say, for an example, you believe that somebody is going to be able to grow and become an executive of your, of your company, you know, project manage, but they're really more admin type people. Right, they're not right. like high level. And what happens is we find people that, that, that want to be with us long term and we typically want to reward them for being with us long term with managerial responsibilities when they don't have the capability to manage um, large businesses or even small businesses. So it forces us to really look at people for where they are and their true potential of where they're going to rise to. And that's the hardest thing to look at. But you got to kind of do it just like the NBA scouts. They look at athletes. Yeah, he can jump high. Yeah, he can shoot. But does he have that, that something different about them that makes me say I'm building my team around them? Right. And, you know, usually when we look at the basketball team, we be like, man, why they not? Because he doesn't have that something mm. that makes them say I'm building my team around them. There's the, yeah, he, he naturally gifted, but he don't have that it factor. And so when I'm looking at people that I'm looking to partner with, that I'm looking to bring into the fold, I'm looking to see if they have that it factor. Now, if they don't have the it factor, I may pair them with somebody who either has the it factor or together they can be it. So mm, I put them in okay. a position together so they, so they can be the full body of one person if they were it. So you got to kind of look at these things separately. And then you got to start delegating certain small roles that that position will require, but it wouldn't hurt your bottom line to start to see if they naturally have a good fit or a good feel uh, naturally for that position. If they don't have a good fit or a natural feel for that position, nine times out of 10, they will always underperform in that position. Mm, yeah, because that's literally like where I'm at. Uh, you know, we started back in July, and you know, the assistant that's been with me from the beginning, I'm trying to get her to get into kind of that entrepreneurial role, and it's like she not trying to bug. And I'm like, if you no, nope. plan on taking it to the next level, I gotta, I want to take you with me, but if you don't serve, you know, a purpose, I'm trying to find that lane for. Her. Like that's the biggest issue because I got somebody else that came on. They automatically hit the ground running. They was like. They already gave me ideas. And I'm like, damn, like, you've been studying me? Right. And it's like the other person I'm trying to, like, come on. 
Yeah, so, so you, the problem is, is that a lot of us, when we're trying to develop leaders, we're, we're, trying, we're trying to develop people to be engines when they're literally just the, the key. Okay. To start the car. They not, they Why not, you teach the, him? <laughs> they, they not the engine that starts the car. They're the key that cranks the starter to start the engine to get the car going. Or they're just the steering wheel. Or every piece of a car is important. But when we try to put people in misplaces because we want them to be there, you're not going to get the best out of them. Mm. So so somebody who's, is she naturally good at ad, being an admin? She emails and the t-shirt, getting those out. Like, that's her thing. Like, she could do that all day. Like Right, distribution, that stuff. She, she got right. that. Right. Yeah, that's what so saying. her her level of growth wouldn't be entrepreneurial. She will always be a taskmaster, which is mm. somebody you tell them what to do, you give them the parameters, they'll be able to do that with their eyes closed. So with that understanding, you got to find a way to groom her as a leader in where she's already naturally gifted at, which is admin. See somebody who can take something that's already existing and manage the operations of it to make sure it's functioning. She's more okay. operational minded. She's not, you see what I mean? So you trying to person. make her entrepreneurial with all these, to find ideas that won't be the best environment for her. But having her operate and manage after the idea has been proven and put to work, now she's in her bag. Okay, that, that makes perfect sense right there. Because I'm like, I see it racking my brain because I'm like, I do not want to leave this person behind because they, yeah. they good at just, like that emailing and stuff, but you're saying they're more operational. So just yeah. develop, the, just get the idea developed and then let them kind of manage it once it's already rolling. Because we sat down and had a meeting and I literally had to outline everything, like this, 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 this. And she was like, okay, I can rock. I could, you ain't got to really call me or nothing. She was like, and do her thing. And I was like, all right. So now it's like you saying that, that's just confirmation on yeah. like she's how a, to operate she's, with that. She's, she's an executor. Right. And every every kingdom needs an executor. That's an assassin. Yeah. Assassin don't just go kill. The king got to tell the assassin when to kill and how to kill, mm. and who to go kill. <laughs> every every kingdom needs an executor. So to get rid of your execution, you're you're taking away your defense only because you're looking for somebody to 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 bring ideas of how to make money. But if both of y'all think that way, who gonna execute? Right. And who gonna build a team on execution? That's true. Your like executor that. is just as important as the person who generates sales because your execution your executor can keep everything on point. Management on point, support on point. They can make sure that what you bring in gets cooked. So you need a hunter and you need an executor. You have too many hunters, not enough executors and managers, you're going to lose your, your lose your business. You got too many executors, not enough hunters, you're going to lose your business. You have to have the both, and you have to, uh, most businesses do not see or appreciate the value of an executor and of somebody who's operational and administrative, administratively minded because we're so focused on the revenue top line, and you don't realize that your executor protects your bottom line, which is your profitability. Making sure that thing runs efficiently and effectively. See, we lose sight of that because the top line makes more sense to us, but the bottom line is what does it all. Hey, why, why, 
All right, now I'm about to use that one in my consultation. No, you hear that in the book? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Execution. <laughs> hey, listen, do what you got to do, bro. All right, I'll see I got you, him. Uh, I got tomorrow. him from somewhere. All right, bet. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Jake. How are you? Can I get your opinion on crowdfunding, please? Um, I've never done it, so I can't really give you an opinion on it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done crowdfunding, so I, I can't give you my opinion. Any other business questions? Let me bring Sister V up. See if she's available. Sister V. What's going on? Peace. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Say, listen, I, I wanted you to I wanted you to give some of these entrepreneurs uh what's going on, B Reed, some of these entrepreneurs some game on um how overlooking a support team and an admin team and exec and an executive force support how overlooking the importance of that position, you know, can cause them to lose profitability and efficiency of their business. Um, I literally, this, your support is your business. It's the foundation. It's like you can't really do um, anything because if the back end isn't running effectively, then you have a link. Essentially, you're trying to fill a, a basket with holes in it. Yeah. Um, because the back end is what makes sure that everything is running efficiently and makes sure that the, the people get their products. And when they don't, it makes sure that, you know, they um, feel as if it matters. Because <laughs> right? the management of emotions um, uh, support literally lets you know what needs to come next in your business. It lets you know what needs to be created, what systems need to be put in place to make sure that um, everything that you bring in stays in. Um, it's literally Ooh, to make sure that you that that <laughs> what you bring in stays in. Oh, we gotta yeah. sit on that for a second. Yeah, because a lot of entrepreneurs only care about the bringing in, but not the staying in. Oh, we gotta sit on that for a second. We gotta sit on that. Um, and 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 your time being an expert, um, uh, admin, um. Has there ever been time that you began to question your natural gift because you weren't naturally a hunter like you are administratively sound? Yeah, I mean, like right before I joined and came on with ABS, truthfully, um, because like the administrative position is one that is of high value, but there's not, it's not like a salesperson where you could say at the end of the day, these are the numbers that I hit. You know what I mean? It's more like a lot. It's a lot of work, um, but you don't necessarily get to see the direct correlation between the work and the reward. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Listen, listen, listen. I'm about to give you game on that. Cause we finna break that lie. Cause I'm about to teach you how to get some more money out of me. You ready? Okay. You ready? Okay. I'm about to Let teach me get you my how to get now. I'm about to teach you how to get some more money out of me. A lot of a lot of administrative people who are naturally gifted at, at being an admin, they settle with that notion because it doesn't look like you can compute your numbers because um, it, it doesn't look like sales. 
Mm-hmm. But but I'm about to give you some game on how to get some more money out of it. <clears throat> when you're doing admin work and you're naturally gifted at admin, that means that you're somebody, like you said, who is good at uh, keeping everything in. So not letting money go out, you're keeping everything in-house. So you first, you want to create some type of uh, value, uh, 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 some type of value analysis on how much money was going out before you got involved. Ooh, I'm trying to, I'm trying, ain't nobody gonna teach you how to take more money, get paid what you're worth, but your cousin Jake. Okay, so how much money was going out and what was the retention before you got involved versus how much money is going out and your retention now that you are involved? That's the very first analysis. Why? Because the money going out, those are refunds. Those are chargebacks. Those are things that cost the company money. Therefore, if it costs the company money, you know that we're losing money. So just like a salesperson gets paid 10 to 20% of their sale, you as an admin... Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> listen, 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 I, listen, listen, <laughs> you gonna love me. All right. So, so that's that, right? Okay. So then, then you got to look at the retention. The retention is based on reoccurring customers. So say for an example, if the reoccurring customer was spending a hundred bucks a month. Right. And say that you have a thousand customers paying a hundred bucks a month. Okay. That's a hundred thousand dollars a month that you have that they're that the company's making, right? Mm-hmm. If the company's retention, um I mean attrition rate, which is people that are going out, they are leaving out. If the company's attrition rate is 25%. That means that they're losing $25,000 a month of people who are not staying on a subscription. So if you were to cut that retention rate in half from 25% to 12.5%, you're saving the company $12,500 that they never would have had if it were not for you. Remember, it's deeper than that. Remember, um, yeah, because he said, it was right? Yeah. But so if that's twelve thousand five hundred dollars that you saved the company that they never would have had if it were not for you, now if you were to do ten percent of that, you just increase your monthly pay one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars, and your value went up. The problem that most people have, Sister V, is that we think that because I'm doing more time or I'm doing more work, that means I should be getting paid. When that is not the equation, the equation should be based on the value that I brought on saving you money, retaining your money, or making you money, that should also contribute to making income. Can I give you an example? Yeah. i give you an example of Kane. Kane found a way to get... I think like $1,800 more a month from us. And how she got it was, she said, Jake, based on the technology that we were using, 
-hmm. we were already comfortably spending $5,000 a month. It was like, you know, like it was like $6,000 a month. I've saved us 4,000 based on where we are. So based on how much I saved and based on what you was already committed to paying, this is the proposition. And this is what she told me. She said, Jake, I know you like numbers. <laughs> so let me show you the value of what I've done and let you see the value of it being long term for us. This is why I believe I should get bumped a little high. I said, ooh. Game. I say, I looked at her and she said, well, that's what you taught me. I say, God damn. You right. <laughs> God damn. Damn, you right. Damn, you right. But what happens, admin people, people that do admin or operational stuff, because you think that you can make more money doing sales, mm. you leave your gift yeah. to go develop a skill that was mm. never in your wheelhouse. Yes, sir. So you, you're grinding your gears trying to be somebody that you're not and don't realize that if you position yourself correctly, you can make six figures, seven figures just being an admin. Yeah. You say, Jake, before me, there were 200 tickets a month. After me, there are 100 tickets a month. Based on the ticketing system and me doing my calculation out of the typical number of the people from the ticketing system, 200 people, 10% of them ask for a chargeback, a refund, or they stop paying us for our service. I cut that in half. Therefore, showing you the numbers that, Jake, we don't have 20 people now. We have 10 people a month. They're, that means I saved the company $2,000 a month. 10% of that is now you got a $200 bump increase. Mm. Yeah. That's how you get more money out of us. Because if you, if you come to the table with emotions and feelings, I feel like I should get paid more because of the time that I'm putting in. Yeah. As a CEO, I don't get paid for the time I'm putting in. I don't get paid for the extra workflow. I get paid for results. So if you want to be somebody who gets paid based on the true value that you brought the organization, for you not to be calculating that value based on the analytics, you're hurting yourself. And I'm never going to come to somebody and be like, hey, you know. Man, you, we owe you more money. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we owe you more money. So uh, here go twelve fifty. <laughs> no. It's, yeah. it's, it's my job to preserve that money so that I can bonus people who know how to communicate their results to me. Mm. Mm. So when you're looking at people's bonuses because you didn't communicate, your bonus just went to somebody else because yes. you don't know how to communicate your impact. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, so, yeah, that makes sense. So this is why I encourage people. You don't have to be an entrepreneur by yourself to, to get paid based on value. You can literally set up a compensation proposition that says, 
I'm going to get paid based on my results, and these are the analytics of my results. Okay. And then guess what you do, Sister V? If you're doing all the work, then guess what you do? You then start developing talent. And then what happens is now you built your whole admin support team with the company. Yeah. And then you say, hey, 10%. Think about you doing 10% if a company's doing a million a month, like you know, like we're we're on track to do, right? And you're and you're and, and you're and you're getting commission, let's say. Forty thousand a month, based on the preserving of all of the business. You can't do that by yourself. Yeah. So when you build a team, we pay your team, and you disseminate that amongst your team, depending on each of their tickets, and based on their analytics on who's holding the weight on your admin team. And a lot of people find. And they get disgruntled with the CEO because the CEO didn't see your value. Where is it to blame the CEO for not seeing your value when you couldn't see it yourself? Mm, mm, yeah. How can you be mad at somebody for not paying you what you're worth and you didn't know how to truly communicate your worth? You telling somebody I'm worth 8000 and when you don't do your numbers, you really worth 16. Yeah. So you got a company, you say, Jake, but what if they can't pay me that? Well, if they can't pay you that monthly, that's not in the budget. That's when you start working equity deals, profit mm -hmm. sharing deals, quarterly deals. So a lot of us get mad at people when we should be getting being upset with ourselves. Yeah. Cuz cuz as a teacher, I was making 100,000 a year in my first year teaching. While everybody else complaining about man, teachers don't get paid shit. We get paid 45,000. I'm like, shit, who? What teacher? Cuz this teacher was getting a bag. A whole bag, ma'am. A whole bag. Oh, a whole bag. I was getting a whole bag. Sure was. Yeah. But you have to learn how to communicate that. And mm -hmm. that's why when I talk about developing leaders within ABS, I'm teaching you how to communicate your value. Yeah. So that when y'all come to the table, when you come to the table like that, you know what that tells me? Oh, they talking partner conversations. They talking... Mm. They talking equity conversations. This is somebody I can trust with the company. This is somebody I can trust, you know, with the organization. Yeah. Somebody said, how are you getting paid that much? I'm not a teacher no more, baby. <laughs> that was long gone. Yeah. That's how, that's how you communicate that. So I, any, listen, any day. I would tell a CEO if I if not telling you how to do you, but this is how I would do it. I would tell a CEO any day, I want you to cap me out. This is me personally, not not your situation. I'm now I'm teaching everybody. 
I'm, I'm not teaching sales because everybody can communicate, you know, how to make sales. But if I'm operations, if I'm operations, if I will go to a company, I would say, I don't, I want you to cap me out at 2000. Cap me out at 2000 a month. The CEO going to be like, why? <laughs> because I, I need 90 days to get all of my numbers so that I can prove to you that I'm worth more and I want you to pay me based on my results like you pay the sales team. Mm. Mm. Give me my flowers like you give the sales team. CEO gonna be like, I bet, because most people ain't gonna follow through. You come back with a whole damn chart. Looking at the analytics, I went back in the numbers and I was able to look at these, you boom, boom. Based on this result, I'm saving the company. If you look at this, about $35,000, $40,000 a month. Looking at the retrospect over four years, that's about four fifty dollars to $600,000 a month that I'm saving the company that we would have lost if I were not involved. Being in, with the expectation that I expect to keep that up, taking 10% of that, that's forty dollars to $60,000 that I should be paid on top of what the base of the base pay that, oh, that's what I'm spitting and shit, based on the, best, the base pay that you, we've already agreed upon. So two thousand mm. a month. That's the twenty-four thousand dollars a year base I'm committing to, plus the plus the sixty thousand dollars that I'm saving the company long term. So I my com my compensation package. Everybody mm -hmm. always want to talk about salaries. I'm talking about compensation package. My compensation package should be eighty-four thousand mm. dollars. But if you don't know how to communicate your worth, you will never get paid what you're worth. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So there you go. I just I just pretty much showed you how to rob me. Yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah. talented enough to be able to communicate that because I know somebody that's big thinker like you. You got to think big business inside of the big business. Mm. So then you say, you know what? Hey, listen, I don't want you hiring staff for me. Mm. I'm going to hire and develop my own staff, and I'm going to create my own compensation package with my organization. Yeah. Somebody said, how much you getting paid for communicating this to us? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I don't get paid to come on live and to talk to y'all for free. But what it does, it builds the value, the value base in my brand. And you will come and you will support any of my companies because you know the type of value that I bring, uh, uh, bring the community. So long term, it'll pay us long term. But right now, nothing. And so most what, what, what do most CEOs and executives say? The numbers are the numbers, right? Mm hmm. So imagine, imagine somebody who's naturally gifted at admin show the numbers are the numbers. If somebody was an accountant, we deal with chargebacks. So if an accountant says, I fought these many chargebacks and I was able to save us this amount of money, so based on the numbers that I saved and based on the fact that if we get a bunch of chargebacks, we can lose our merchant account, I'm assuming that this is worth to you 12% of overall sales saved. See, when you start talking like that, you begin to start thinking bigger. If I can have, if when we get bigger, I can control and develop the team. The payouts will be bigger coming toward me and my team, and I can disseminate that the way I want to. 
Now your conversations are different. Yeah. Now your conversations are different. Your communication skills are different. And you're going to find ways for the company to pay you on the back end, not the front end. So many of us lose out on so much because we want to be paid so much on the front end. And you don't realize that the real money is on the back end. Real money is on the back end because the back end is based on your talent, your value, and your gift. The front end is based on the job you do. And many of us want to get paid on the job we do, not based on the value that we bring. I never, there, there ain't nobody in the world that can ever get me to take a bunch on the, on the front end. 